resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, all throughout the centuries past, Satan and the world have given us, the Lord's church, the Lord's people, plenty of reason to look forward to the time that God will fulfill his promise of the coming of the Messiah. Unrelentingly, Satan has opposed God and without mercy, he has caused pain and trouble for God's people. But throughout those ages, those centuries, there always have been people who voiced that longing of the Lord's church for that promised deliverer, for the promised Messiah, who would deliver them from the non-stop heel-biting of the serpent of Satan. They expressed their hope. And by doing so, they kept the hope of others alive. It began already in what we sometimes call the, the first world or the old world. At the birth of her first son, Eve called him Cain and she cried out, I've gotten a man with the help of the Lord. She, of, of all people, it must have hit Adam and Eve so very hard to be driven out of paradise, out of the serenity and the peace of the Garden of Eden and, and, and into a world cursed by God where even the ground from which we were taken was opposing them was causing them trouble. It's to feel them so hard to experience pain instead of pleasure, experience anxiety instead of assurance, adversity instead of blessing, and disappointment instead of fulfillment, and to feel the guilt of it all, gnawing at their souls every day again. It must have caused in them a deep longing for the time that Satan's head will be crushed, longing for the promised deliverer, a longing that then expressed itself in Eve's hopeful cry at Cain's birth, I've gotten a man with the help of the Lord. And there was also in that time, there was the prophet Enoch, who was the seventh generation from Adam, and he lived, of course, much closer to the days of Noah. And he saw the sin and, and sinfulness of the people escalate and pervade humanity. And he knew that God's righteousness and justice would not allow sinful men to take over God's creation. And so Enoch prophesied. And he said, Behold, the Lord comes with his ten thousands of his holy ones to execute judgment over all and to convict all the ungodly of all the deeds of ungodliness that they have committed in such an ungodly way and of all the harsh things that the ungodly sinners have spoken against him. And Enoch's grandson was Lamech. Lamech received his son. And he called him Noah because he said, out of the ground that the Lord has cursed, this one shall bring us relief from our work and from the painful toil of our hands. 
an easier and a more accurate translation, which I will use in this sermon, is this on will comfort us concerning our work and the toil of our hands because of the ground where the Lord has cursed. Lamech's longing for the fulfillment of the Lord's promise was awakened probably by the words his grandfather Enoch had prophesied. And so Lamech's voice is so very much the voice of the Lord's church again. It's that long ago. And it is from this prophecy of Noah's father Lamech that I will pray preach the word of God to you this morning under the team Lamech voices the church longing for comfort and rest and we'll see that this longing is partly fulfilled through Noah and it will be completely fulfilled through the Lord Jesus by the Lord Jesus Christ so first we look at how that comfort and rest that longing was partly fulfilled through Noah Now, before we go on, just to make sure, the Lamech in our text is not the same Lamech as the ungodly and revengeful Lamech, the descendant of Cain, who bragged to his wife Ada and Zillah that he killed a man for wounding him and a young man for striking him. It's not the same person. Lamech of our text was a godly man. He was one of those who are in chapter 6 called the sons of God. And we read that Lamech received his son and that he called him Noah, which means rest. That's what the name Noah means. Rest. And he said, this one will comfort us concerning the work of, and the toil of our hands because of the ground where the Lord had cursed. Now the word comfort in our text comes from the same root, same Hebrew root as the name Noah. And so we may understand that the comfort Lamech so desired and longed for had to do with rest. And then we could ask rest from what? And that's a good question. What was it that disturbed Lamech so much that he desired comfort and rest and prophesied that his son Noah would bring it about? Now in the past, there have been commentators who have given real odd answers to this question. Seriously. One of those answers, and it's not the, the most odd one, was that Lamech hoped that Noah would be the one who would be develop some tools or instruments by which, it would be, by which it would be easier to work the ground so that he did not have to do it with the bare hands any longer. All speculation, of course, and not the most smart speculation either. There's nothing in the Bible that indicates this. And just think about it for a moment. Noah was born about 1050, 1100, maybe 1200 years after creation. And then to suggest that in all those thousand years, the people, Adam's descendants, had not discovered the use of a tool. 
That's an insult to their intelligence and an insult to the God who made them. And the more so, as we don't read in Genesis 4, that Tubal Cain, he was the fifth one from Cain, born four generations before Noah, became a forger of all instruments of bronze and iron. So, if you want an answer to this question, from what it was that Lamech desired rest and needed comfort, it is best to just look in the Bible and begin by answering the question, in what kind of world did Lamech live? We already have heard that Lamech's grandfather had prophesied about the ungodliness of that time. So it was a very ungodly time, a very ungodly world in which he lived. And we also know that from the Lord Jesus Christ, indicating the sinfulness and, and the violence of the very last days before his return in judgment, he referred to the days of Noah. When he said in Matthew 24, verse 37 through 39, For as were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day when Noah entered the ark, and they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. And in Luke 17, verse 28, the Lord Jesus compares the day of Noah with the days of Lot in Sodom. And so we know, and, and we know that the sins of Sodom were so wicked, so sexually perverse, that the Lord would not allow it to go on any longer. He wiped those cities off the face of the earth. So it was in that time that Lamech said those words. And that bring to mind also what we read in our scripture reading in chapter 6, the verses 5 and 6. But it says, The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intention and thoughts of his heart was only evil all the time. Also verse 11. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight, and the earth was filled with violence. And God saw the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way in the earth. So put it all together. Lamech lived in a world in which it was hard to live as a son of God, as someone who feared the Lord. It was also a world in which it was hard to make a living. There was still the, the painful toil of their hands. It was so tiring. And it was also so very much a world in which death ruled. It's true, people became very old in those days. But the Lord has said, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. And so as a grim reminder of these words, we have read in our scripture reading eight times that over that such and so lived so many years and he died. 
912 years and he died. 905 years and he died. 969 years and he died and so on. It's a world of, with a lot of grieving. Lionel's work had become utterly sinful. Humanity had become an end in itself. And so people's pleasure and happiness had become the religion of the day. God did not have any place in people's life and society. People had become completely selfish and self-serving. And so immorality, crime and violence had filled the world. Dat is dat same world which God once called very good. Actually, it, it was a time much like the time we live in, brothers and sisters. And I hope so that we too look for and long for the same rest and comfort Lamech so desired when he called his son Noah and said, this one will comfort us. By faith, Lamech saw the fulfillment of his longing for comfort in his son Noah. And no doubt he was comforted when, as he witnessed Noah in obedience to God building the ark. And, and that he heard from Noah why he must build that ark. But Lamech died about five years before the flood came. And so Lamech did not see the rest he so desired. Now it's true, of course, that Noah himself did not really provide rest and comfort. The Lord himself would do this, but he did use Noah. You see, Noah was a godly man. He was a preacher of righteousness. And he had found favor in the eyes of the Lord. And so the Lord told Noah that he would make an end of all flesh, but Noah must build an ark. And we know the history. Noah built the, the ark in which he and his wife and his three sons and their wives and some of all the different animals were saved during that great flood that the Lord sent upon the earth. We know the, we know the story. For 40 days and nights it rained, so all people and all animals that were not in the ark died. All the idolatry, all the immorality, all the crime, all the violence were washed of the face of the earth. And then finally the water receded and the ground had dried up. Noah came out of the ark and the first thing he did was to build an altar and he took some of the every clean animal and, and every clean bird and he offered a burnt offering to the Lord on that altar. And it is upon this that the Lord provides the comfort, some of the comfort Lamech so craved. We read about that, in the comfort, that comfort in the verses that we read from chapter 8. We read them again. And when the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma, he said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground because of man. For the intention of man's heart is evil from his youth. 
Neither will I ever again strike down everything, every creature as I have done. While the earth remains, seed, time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. Seed time and harvest shall not cease. And so man will have a reward for working the ground. And the Lord would not further curse the ground and he would also not strike down every creature as he had done, which means that as long as the earth remains, until the very last days, the Lord would not allow man, man to become as sinful and united in sin against him as before the flood. The Lord would curb sin. The, the Lord would not do away with sin yet, but the Lord was curbing sin. That was also comfort. Only during the last days, the sin of the people will reach again the level of sin that it had in the days of Noah. But then our Lord Jesus Christ, the promised deliverer, will return and put an end on all sin and all sinners. This one will comfort us. Yes, indeed. The struggle for life will be less hard. And there is a, wit and a rainbow witnessing to that promise. And so we see that Lamech's prophecy for rest and comfort was partly fulfilled through Noah. Partly because the immorality and the crime and the violence was indeed washed from the face of the earth, but not sin. And the curse upon sin remained too. And sin would increase again. And so would the suffering of God's people. And the longing of God's people for a deliverer, for one who would comfort them and give them rest. The serpent would continue to bite the heel of the, whim, of, of the woman's seed. And so the longing prayer continues too. Also the promise of the one who would bring complete rest continues. Because the fulfillment in part through Noah is at the same time a promise. It is a sign pointing to a greater fulfillment. And we will look at that greater fulfillment in our second point. That, that longing will completely fulfilled by the Lord Jesus Christ. By faith, those saints in the old world have looked forward to the fulfillment of the promise. By faith, Abel offered God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain. By faith, Enoch was taken away after he was commanded that he pleased God. By faith, he prophesied about him who will come to judge the ungodly deeds of godly people. By faith, Lamech prophesied about comfort and rest for for, no, for, for God's people at Noah's birth. And by faith, Noah built an ark and became the heir of righteousness to come by faith. They all died in faith. 
not having received the things that were promised, but having seen them, they greeted them from afar and acknowledged that they were strangers and exiled in the world. But the promise continued. And the promise went from nowhere to Shem, and from Shem to Abram, and from Abraham to Isaac, and from Isaac to Jacob, and although they believed the promise and received comfort from it, they did not receive the rest that was promised. No, Abraham. Although your son Isaac is the child of the promise, Isaac is not the promised one. And no, Isaac, the promised one, is not Jacob. And Jacob, the promised one, is not Judah, although he is like a lion. But the promised one, although called a lion, is a lamb. And that's not you, Judah. No, David. Although your throne has been established forever, the promised one is not Salmon. God will fulfill his promise, but in his own infinitely wise way and in his time, and that will be the fullness of time. And then the fullness of time came. The promised deliverer came into the world. But then Israel is a nation, the Lord's people was not free, a free people any longer. It was hardly a nation. The people were like sheep without a shepherd. The fullness of time was when David's house was only a cut-off stump. But he came. And brothers and sisters, in a few weeks, we may remember the fulfillment of the coming of that promised seed. He came, conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, true God and true man. And he grew up and he took our sins and our curse upon himself and he saw this journey to the cross. And we saw the seed of the serpent bite at his heel. And we know that the Lord Jesus defeated and bound Satan at that time. And then he sent his disciples into the world with the light of the gospel. And the world has not been the same since. For in his darkness shines the gospel light. It shone bright and at different times and different places. But it continued to shine. But also, sin continued. It still continues. And although Satan is defeated, and all authority in heaven and on earth belongs to our exalted Lord Jesus Christ, Satan's head is not yet crushed. That promise remains. And that promise, brothers and sisters, that's our hope. And that's our longing for the future. We live in those last times. And and ungodliness is again increasing. Satan, knowing that that he has only a short time left, prowls around like a roaring lion, devouring many. Soon our Savior will return 
And then he will totally defeat Satan. He will have him thrown in the lake that burns of fire and sulfur. And then Satan's head will be crushed. Then the rest and the comfort for which the saints through all the ages have hoped for and prayed for and longed for and prophesied about, then it will be complete. Yes, brothers and sisters, it seems that in our time, the world is getting darker and darker. Our days begin to look a lot like those days of Noah. Christians are persecuted, suffer violence, are oppressed, and are despised in by far the most countries in the world. And in the so-called free world, the tolerance of the Christian faith and its morals is steadily eroding. Immorality, crime, and violence seem to increase everywhere. People again have become lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, solemn with conceit. Lovers of pleasure rather than the lovers of God, having an appearance of godliness, but denying its power. This all become about people themselves again. It's getting darker. But we do not give up hope. We have the promise. Our Savior will return and he will take us to himself and he will comfort us and he will give us that perfect rest. All the old things he will cause to go away. They will melt away fervent heat, says the scripture. And then he will create a new heaven and a new earth and it will be filled with pure righteousness. And there we may rest with all the saints, with Lamech, with Noah, and all the other ones who are looking forward to that city that has foundations and whose designer and builder is God. Brothers and sisters, our Savior is coming. We have his promise. And with Christmas we may remember the fulfilled promise of his first coming. And now, today we see everywhere the signs of his coming again for the last time. So, that's just as the saints of the past expect him to come any moment now. And let us not be discouraged by the wickedness and the restlessness of our time. But let's instead listen to our Lord and Savior. As he said, now when these things begin to take place, straighten up, raise your hands, because your redemption is drawing near. As he said, it's soon Christmas and soon we may, in our mind, join those shepherds and go to Bethlehem to see the things that have happened there. And there the church found a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And we know that he was Christ the Lord. And with Lamech of old, we may say, this one 
will comfort us concerning our work and the toil of our hands because of the ground the Lord has cursed. Amen.